Cadillac came out with a product onslaught in the last decade, but it hasn't gained any ground. It will soon become the head of GM's big push on electric cars. In the meantime, it needs to leverage technology like Super Cruise, its new SUVs, and its high-performance V-Series to claw its way back. On this week's show, Deborah Wall, Cadillac's chief marketing officer, discusses their strategy. Underwriting for the production of Autoline this week has been provided by RSM. challenges specific to your business by working with trusted advisors who help turn obstacles into opportunities. Experience the power of being understood. RSM, audit, tax, and consulting for the middle market. And now, here's your host, John McElroy. I want to thank you all for joining us on AutoLine this week. Today's topic is all about Cadillac. A lot of changes going on at that division right now. And the reason we're going to talk about it is our special guest is Deborah Wall. She's the Chief Marketing Officer for Cadillac. And Deborah, great to have you on the show. Thanks. It's really great to be here. Also joining me on my journalist panel are Nora Naughton from the Detroit News and Mike Kalias from the Wall Street Journal. Thank you for joining us on this show. Thanks, Thanks for having Thanks. us. Thanks. Deborah, as I kicked it off saying, a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. You had Cadillac headquarters in New York. You moved it back to Detroit. You had Johan Denison running it. Now there's somebody new in charge, uh, Steve Carlisle. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, from a marketing standpoint, are we going to see a change commensurate with all those other changes? Well, hopefully you're starting to see some big changes already. Um, we're really excited about being back here, first of all, because it brings us back to our roots, back to sort of where everything is happening, the, the makers and sellers together. So that alone energizes everything that we're doing. And I think you'll start seeing, as we're rolling out the campaigns, um, a real focus on letting Cadillac be Cadillac. And that's the ambition today. Uh, we really want to take it to a completely different level, elevate sort of the luxury mobility experience. And to do that, um, it's really helping us to, one, be here, be really tight with all the stories of innovation and transformation that are happening, which it's our role to tell, and then to make sure that we're also really bringing the customer point of view to everyone as we look at how we develop the experiences and we innovate on that side too. So for people on the outside watching Cadillac, what changes will we see in your marketing and advertising? Uh, you've probably seen a little bit already. Hopefully the um, when we launched the X-T4, we took a very different tact. Uh, Cadillac has always been iconic and about music and energy and really has a different vibe than what you might see in our, the re from the rest of our luxury competitors. So we brought that. Um, we also have uh, really worked to make sure that we're equalizing our representation among our consumer body. So we've under-indexed a little bit with women. You saw a real focus for the XT4 on bringing women into the brand, and they certainly responded like crazy. We're now far above the luxury average on that side, which I think is really good for us because we're infusing to a whole new generation of buyers and the buyers of today um, an introduction to what Cadillac is and what we have to offer. So I think you'll see that. Um, we love uh, music and where we are going. We did a really, uh, I was really 
I'm happy about our tribute to Aretha Franklin and how we did that because, again, so much roots, but also so much that brings us into the future. You saw a big boy drive a Cadillac in the, um, in the Super Bowl uh, and taking advantage of that. So a lot of different changes just to really energize, again, who we are, what we stand for, what we're bringing to our customer base. This isn't the first time that we've seen Cadillac attempt, you know, a, an image reboot, yeah. even in the last decade. So I'm curious what's different this time. Yeah, um, I think as I've worked on different legacy brands and said, what really makes a success, and I'm a real student of that as well, mm -hmm. I think there are two things you have to do. Really understand the heritage and where we're going, and then really make sure that we're absolutely focused uh, completely on the future and how we're bringing that to customers today. So the differences today uh, are twofold. One, we're very aware of the iconography and the legacy and the heritage and a bit of the mythology that's always made Cadillac, but we are completely focused on the future, and we have an onslaught of new product, uh, uh, as you all study the industry. Um, never has Cadillac had this many new entries at one time, which gives us a great opportunity to completely transform how people perceive the brand. Typically, if you're in auto, and I've been in it for a while, you get one new product. Or maybe in three years, you get two. So to really change perceptions overall and introduce and make sure the wide swath of customers that you need to understand about it are seeing it, it takes a really long time. So we're doing that in a truly accelerated fashion. It seems like for a couple decades now, Cadillac's competed on performance, you know, big, big investment in rear-wheel drive. Architectures, V-Series, return to racing. And I know, and that's raised your game big time on, on the product. Uh, is that still, you know, it seems like the shift, there may be a little bit of a shift more toward user experience rather than, you know, taking on the Germans at the, at the track kind of thing. Uh, absolutely. I think it's really important, as we said, and you've heard Steve Carlisle say often, like, let Cadillac be Cadillac. We are, need to and are determining our own path about what that is and what that experience is. And while performance remains a key part of it in a unique way, I think it's also the technology that we're bringing. Super Cruise is a great example. It's how we're redefining the experience, what we're doing with Q and infotainment and all of those, uh, really iterating and uh, bringing markedly better solutions to our customers at every point right now. That will determine our unique path. Super Cruise is a terrific technology. Yeah. I've driven it. Oh, you know, you can take your hands off the wheel and just let the car drive. It's awesome. Now, only on mapped highways. It's not like everywhere that Correct. you can go. Yeah. Why don't you push it even more in your marketing? I know it's only offered on the CT6 right now. You're going to have it on the, the CT5 as well. Whatever. Why not just put that front and center because nobody else in the business has it? Totally agree with you. So you're going to be seeing, starting in June, a lot more, um, a lot more discussion, messaging, et cetera, about Super Cruise. I think it's terrific, like you. Um, it's one of those incredible technologies that is so sophisticated but so simple and intuitive to use. And once you try it, it's really hard to not have it, which is why we're bringing it out on successive, successively on our vehicles going forward. So you're going to see a lot more. Absolutely agree with that. Right. I, I got to believe at some point the goal is to put it on every Cadillac that's out there. But 
you've got the CT6 coming out, or, or the XT6 coming out, and it's not going to have it. So why the gaps? Yeah, um, well, there are just—it's it's just timing and phasing, and in terms of how you have to make sure there's room for all the cameras and technology and everything, it's just timing. So you'll see it on the CT5. We've talked about that. That's the next one right after XT6. And then, as soon as we can, we'll be bringing it. But we're really working on bringing it to everything. Uh, what's the first SUV we might see it on? Well, there might be something coming out in the near future. So well, the there's an all-new right Cadillac after. Escalade coming <laughs> yeah, next year. Mm, you know, <laughs> you might want to, you know, you could see the logical transition coming. Have you seen it changing your demographics already? I mean, are you bringing in younger buyers more? I mean, I talked to a couple guys just recently who had, was, Cadillac was never on the radar, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they're driving CT6 with Super Cruise. They're showing their friends and family. You know, I would think uh, you're bringing in sort of a younger buyer with that technology. Yeah, it's really important. And in fact, as we look at the whole luxury market, the people are really deciding based on technology these days. So that's why that transition to performance is mm -hmm. still really important. But it really is the technology because it enables you to have an extraordinary journey, or you know, it really helps you achieve what you want to achieve in life. Uh, so we are seeing that it appeals uh, distinctively to that. So much bigger focus on where that goes and, and how we bring it to life. Mm. Would you, uh, right now it's part of a package. It's a, it's a trim level, isn't it? I think to get CT or, or Super Cruise, would you break that out so it would just be a standalone option? That might be a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like we're asking some pretty good questions that I know, you like, can't directly you answer. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we're really looking at how we we bring all of this and all the technology. What are the right packages, and how do you make sure that people see it? What's really fascinating, to your point, Mike, about Super Cruise is we. I was a bit worried in the beginning. Would people really? Do it? Would they be able to use it frequently? Where did it go? And it's the feedback from our customers. It's over 35% penetration already on CT6. So the feedback is that it's so easy to use, um, and people really get into that rhythm and habit of using it very, very quickly. So, yeah. So we're the goal is to make it available as much as possible. Uh, beyond, um, I, I mean, I think there's a tendency to think of marketing as like the last commercial you've seen, and I know there's a lot more that goes into it, pricing and, <laughs> and product decisions and dealerships. So yeah, yeah. can you talk a little bit about sort of what you're working on behind the scenes that, you know, gets at this whole like transforming the image question? Yeah, I, um, and I really appreciate that question because I just did a whole um, discussion as we look at the industry of marketing overall, what it is, uh, and we're getting extremely involved in what is the technology experience that you deliver along with just the features in a vehicle uh, that can really help on that? So there's enormous work on that, and especially as we build towards the EV world, and we've said that Cadillac will be the tip of the spear for GM for EVs. Um, we're really working on that holistic experience overall because I think it will be our, our vision in the future that is your vehicle is almost like your phone. It's as personalized and accessible and, you know, can help be intuitive and predictive as any other piece of technology that you might, might use. So that's, that's a big part of it. And then uh, at that same time, because that sounds very complicated, 
the other piece that we're really working on uh, with the leadership team overall is to simplify the experience. Because if you're in the luxury mode especially, you're really busy all the time. I mean, we're serving what we call the earners, and it's all about earnership and achievership <laughs> in a way. You know, everyone wants to, how can they do more with every piece of time they have? How are they achieving at all points in time? So from simplifying uh, the buying experience to making it really easy that your settings are all set when you get in to providing the technology. Um, OnStar, we've uh, enabled, you know, you can have your Amazon packages delivered to your vehicle. You can have so many things that are enabled that we're bringing all that experience together. EVs as, uh, you know, Cadillac being the tip of the spear, uh, how is that going to change marketing going forward, and when are we going to start seeing some of that messaging? Um, I think the trajectory of marketing overall has gone from this whole idea of we just do campaigns and create beautiful imagery to what is the experience. Mm -hmm. And probably in the future, we won't be called chief marketing officers anymore. We'll probably be called chief experience officers. Uh, Uh-oh, that's CEO. You uh, can't have oh, that. Yeah, I know. That's the only, <laughs> that's exactly the problem with it. That's why it hasn't stuck yet. But uh, we'll be, uh, you know, it is all about that. So first of all, um, we've brought a new team in completely, and we've relabeled the marketing team as performance marketing, mm -hmm. because that star starts getting you to what is that experience overall that performs on behalf of the customer mm -hmm. and, and the whole system. Uh, and that's really understanding and having much better databases, um, accessibility to understand how you can personalize things and move it forward. So that piece of it is happening. And then I envision that our uh, responsibility and involvement with what kind of technology we do provide is really taking accelerated point. Um, something that's in Canada, for example, I don't know if you've seen it, it's called Cadillac Live. So it's a whole different way of the consumer actually being able to access a walk around of a vehicle. We have a studio that's accessible through video chat, et cetera, um, that you can really experience at any time of any day. The thorough sales experience, but on your time, on your definition, through your channels, et cetera. So I, I think it's things like that that you'll see marketing rapidly evolve on. Deborah, speaking of experience, Cadillac had launched two years ago, I think it was at this point, this subscription service yeah. where you could come in and get whatever Cadillac that you wanted. You had to call ahead, I guess, and, and reserve it. It didn't work. Uh, why did it not work, and are you able to sort of pull back, relearn, and relaunch, or is it over with? Yeah, no, the, the precise point is with any of this innovation, and especially we are in a time in the automotive industry where everything can be transformed and disruptive. So Book um, Cadillac was one piece of that. I think we went out with an idea about subscription, really looked at building some models on it, found out what worked and what didn't work, and we're iterating, and you'll probably see the next version come out shortly. Uh, and that, so what didn't work? Uh, I think what didn't work is everyone was expecting with subscription that everyone would change vehicles monthly and how you do it. And doggone it, it just is not what the customer really does in true behavior again. There might be a few you know, needs of that, but that um, does not need to be necessarily the formative part so in other words, you had cars just sitting around waiting right, so for you, people? Right, so you have a big fleet. If you're doing that model, you're servicing, trying to service and keep a big fleet. Um, and that's tough. That's economically tough. 
So we've revamped it. What we did find, what people love, and you would not be surprised on this, is that idea of like, hey, I got a guy that I can call that's going to give me a vehicle whenever I want, and I can get things solved. And it's that idea that really does have a lot of work and then paying for that on a different model. The other thing I think we see um, probably across the industry overall is uh, people are really used to, I do a deal, I have one payment, that's it, I expect to pay the same amount for the rest of my life. And so that's up to us to really work on, well, how do we make sure that we're providing the value that the customer sees that they really want to um, pay for just like you know I think if you start adding up what you you pay for your entertainment and your phone model in fact I, I started doing it the other day and then I stopped because I was like I don't know the number got too big I, I don't even know if I really want to know the true number um, but it, it it's sort of understanding that because it does cost money to innovate and build these things for customers um, and so we're kind of in that place. So I'm really proud of uh, what Cadillac, it was the, the group before me, but what they did with book and the subscription model. We're learning, we're iterating. That's sort of what the modern company really needs to do. Deborah, I'd like to get your take just on pricing in general. Um, I think the last executive team came in and kind of felt like they wanted a price on parity with the German brand, some of the more established uh, players. And that led to a lot of consternation with the dealers and even some customers. You know, if you had a CTS that you came back for and it was like, you know, 15 grand more than the last one you got. So how do you, you know, the, the other, I think a lot of people view it as you, you price below and you, you build up to that. Uh, I think Lexus did that for a number of years. I'm just curious what your, your, what your thoughts are on how you, how you price as a challenger brand right now. Um, it, it, it's a great question. It goes back to what we were just talking about. You have a whole base of customers that's in a habit of one mode, what, what they can play and what their budgets are. And so especially when we're now in a mode of significant conquest, I mean, we're bringing a lot of new customers into the brand. So one that opens up those pricing opportunities, but you really have to show value on what you're delivering to them too in terms of the packages and bundles. So now I'd say we're almost, we're in between, we're really refocused back on who our customers are and who the new customers are, looking at the right pricing models for those customers, not necessarily you know, looking at anyone's other path and, and defining that as we go. I think uh, the previous leadership uh, at Cadillac was really focused on, uh, you know, being up there with the Germans. To to Mike's point, for, you know, not just from pricing, but from an Im image standpoint, uh, is that something that you're still focused on, or are you pulling back from that? No, our ambition absolutely is to elevate how people perceive Cadillac and really elevate the experience that we're delivering overall. So I'm not focused on necessarily Germans or what Lexus is doing. I really want to focus on Cadillac, what our unique attributes are, what we can deliver, and that's always been delivering that combination of incredibly brave design, engineering prowess, innovation, and now we're really adding this whole really unique experience element to it. And I think that way we provide a distinctive experience overall, mm -hmm. and overall, you know, if you deal with Cadillac, it shouldn't feel like anybody else. It should feel uniquely different, and that brings that element of fun. It's got an edge to it. It's it's much more energized, mm -hmm. and I think that's how we'll win. We want to Cadillac will win by defining its own path. So, who are you defining as your competitors now? Is it the same as it was, or do you have your eye on a different group? We're certainly very focused on the luxury market overall, but it's really I'm focused much more on the on the uh, the consumers that we're looking to get and what are they looking for. If you look at 
um, it was interesting the other day, and this is probably a challenge for all of us in marketing, but I, I was judging uh, all of the effective marketing over the last year, and there wasn't a single automotive entry in the top 20, uh, which shows, I think, the opportunity that all of us has. I feel lucky that Cadillac, I think, is uniquely positioned to really have permission to transform, take it on, show it in a different way. Um, so that's what we're looking to do. That, that's amazing what you just said there. What was it about the ads that were effective that made them so, and what are the, all the car companies missing out on? Yeah, um, I, I think it's really taking a different approach. So there were a lot of very effective uses of technology, marketing technology overall, that were uh, in the winning area. So not just a more clever TV ad is what no, you're saying. No, exactly. Or there were deep fundamental things. Actually, the New York Times was the number one, so a tribute to journalism overall because they're really attacking the value proposition and you know showing people and convincing people that they should pay for great journalism. So, you know, I thought that was a really fundamental thing. But I, I, I think it's looking at that understanding, well, what does it take? And automotive at this point in time should definitely be in that because there's never been a time when there's more transformation, where there's more innovation, where there's more changes going on, where there's more possibilities. So I think that's a real um, a sign that I've, we're all looking at. Deborah, how do you try to reach young people? I mean, this is a challenge, I think, across luxury brands, is, is a lot of those people can't afford your product, you know, but it seems like you have an opportunity. Like in China, the buyers there are so young, and they don't have, like, they don't come to Cadillac with the baggage that maybe some people in the U.S. might, but it's almost like the young people in the U.S. might be the same sort of clean slate, and you can plant, you know, yeah. whatever perception that you hope to plant on, on, you know, on them because they haven't seen... You know, their parents may have driven Audis and BMWs. They don't have that preconceived notion in their head. So how, how do you reach them, and what's the message? Yeah, yeah absolutely, and um, we're already seeing that. In fact, we've already seen just in the last year um, the percentage of people who would say Cadillac, you know, the old imagery of Cadillac as a big car has dropped dramatically over eight points and is going uh, down. And I think part of that is we're changing the way we talk to people and the way we're engaging and a lot of the new generation coming on board and seeing. In fact, that was one of the, the greatest things that brought my personal interest to the brand when you saw how much change it was. Um, and how many amazing innovations and stories there are already in the brand that people just aren't aware of, huge opportunity. But we're, we're attacking a couple ways. One, uh, making sure we show up in very different places. So things like ComplexCon, which is the place where all of culture is created and no cars have been there before. Cadillac was one of the first to go. We had an amazing reception, um, amazing engagement and, and interest exactly among that younger generation who are sort of setting the standards for culture. Uh, we're really out and about everywhere we possibly can be to introduce people to the brand. And then we're doing some classic things. We just, as you might have heard, we're, we decided to go back into golf and do um, be the official vehicle of the PGA Championship. And uh, it was astounding, even in that audience, how many people ha were there. That audience has changed dramatically over the past five years. So that was the one thing. And then the second, how many people there we're actually new to Cadillac and we're engaging and we had more engagement than we've ever had. So I think it's a combination of making sure we're in new places, showing up differently, and then also even 
going back to what you might consider traditional places, but where the audience is different and engaging in a different manner with them. So a lot of basics, a lot of basics, but a lot of different voice. Um, one other way we looked, if you looked at what we did with the CT5 when we did the reveal, we looked at um, different ways to make sure not only did we talk to the enthusiast press and the automotive press, but how do you then amplify that? And we went on Instagram with the uh, idea of ASMR, which is uh, auditory sensory meridian response. <laughs> meridian response. She's <laughs> exactly right. So I described. Thanks it. for bailing out the CMO <laughs> there, Nora. <laughs> I said it so many times. I'm like, oh God, did I forget him? But it's actually, uh, it's simply that tingling that you get when you hear a sound or something. The tingling on the back of your head and neck, and um, and it's amazing. So we revealed the CT5 with that. And it was, you know, it's a very different thing. I wasn't sure how it was going to work. We were lucky because the CT5 is beautiful and luscious and like, gorgeous to look at. Uh, and yet when we did that reveal on Instagram, we had hundreds of thousands of people engaging and sharing and experiencing it, very different from the typical audience. So I think it's important, too, that we're um, leveraging sort of cultural things that are happening has to make sure it fit with perfectly with the vehicle because it was a great way to reveal the details and the beautiful design and show all those aspects but do in a way that engaged hundreds of thousands of people that you know it's probably three to four times as much as you would we would normally get speaking of passenger cars of which the ct5 is one yeah Sales are cratering of passenger cars. Uh, how committed to passenger cars are Cadillac? You know, you've had a, a, a slew, a, a whole bunch in the in the lineup. How how full will that lineup remain? Yeah, I think you can see we are committed going forward. We our first test was really to make sure that we were building all the entries into the SUV segment. So with XT4, of course, XT5, XT6 coming, and the future Escalade coming, um, I, we feel like now we have full presence there. And one of the most important things for Cadillac to be able to rejuvenate and do all this is to have coverage in the majority of the segments that we are, that's fundamental to competing well. So we're at that point now. And with that, I think it's perfect timing to also show, and this is an example of Cadillac going its own way, there is still a large audience which does love driving cars, especially cars that have the refinement, the driving capabilities, the technology, et cetera, and the beautiful design. And I think we're hitting all of those as we launch uh, the CT5 coming up. So we, we're big believers in that. We do think it's important and that um, you don't want to ignore what's still a large part of the market, even though it might not be growing like the SUV side. We're getting down to the very end, so I just want to jam this last question in okay. here real quick. Motor racing. You guys have been doing yeah. terrific in the IMSA series with the DPI. You sticking with that, or does this fit into the future? It fits into the future. We think it definitely has a role. Um, liberating performance is what we've always been about. We're going to continue to be in that, whether it is in things like uh, with racing helps us deliver the Blackwing engine and that side, but also as you look into EVs in the future, a lot of fun opportunity there. So we'll see how that develops too. Real good. I hate to cut this off. This is a very interesting conversation, but Deborah Wall, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank it's you. It's been exciting to hear what Cadillac's doing. Nora Naughton and uh, Mike Elias, thank you guys too. It's been good having you here as well. And of course, always want to thank you for having tuned in.
Underwriting for the production of AutoLine this week has been provided by RSM. challenges specific to your business by working with trusted advisors who help turn obstacles into opportunities. Experience the power of being understood. RSM, audit, tax and consulting for the middle market.